0: Uh, let's play a game. Again, and welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It? Now, if this is the first time you've listened to the show, typically what we do is we take a game, play it, and tell you whether or not it's worth it from a collector's standpoint. These games are usually rare and valuable. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J. And with me, the co-host with the most from the other coast, we have James Holland. How you doing, James?
1: Excellent. Greetings, everybody in Radioland.
0: And today, we're playing one of James favorite games final fantasy legend 2 released on the uh, Game Boy in 1991 here in the states this is a square game uh pretty famous if you don't know what final fantasy is you're listening to the wrong podcast this however originally was a saga game if you're familiar with uh, the two that i believe there was only two or maybe three that came out here it plays a little bit like that um almost a Dragon Warrior-type game in some respects. Uh, really a great game for the GBA, but it's it's been a while since I've played it, unfortunately. And James is the expert on this game. I believe this is the game that encompassed the majority of your childhood. Um, we all had that one game we just played a little too much. I think this is James' version of that.
1: This is this is my game. Absolutely. All these games. All Final Fantasy Legend 1, 2, and 3. I played way too much yeah, of. Yeah,
0: See, I was the kid that didn't have a Game Boy until he was, like, 15 you know because i i grew uh. up a little on the poor side here and there and this was during an era where uh, money was scant so I didn't get one until I was much older, and uh, at that point, uh, I bought Zelda, you know, Link's Awakening or whatever, and that was... Fantastic game. Fantastic. Wonderful game, but basically the only game I played on the original uh, Game Boy until, you know, much later in life, and that that was the only one I owned. So, unfortunately, I missed all of these, but I'm going to let James take the helm for for this game and let him uh, get going on it, and uh, I'll quip in here and there I did play the game about 10 hours I, I didn't get anywhere near through it though
1: yeah if you know what you're doing it's probably I don't know a 10 to 14 hour game I mean you can probably do it a lot faster than that if you really know what you're doing mm-hmm. if you're just enjoying it or casually playing it I'd say you could beat this thing in god 12 hours maybe mm-hmm. I got about eight hours into it until my game unfortunately uh crashed and we'll get into that a little later oh, wow. I'm still depressed o- still depressed over it but uh, it's a bug in the game. But, anyways, okay, so this game, it's one of those games where it starts out with you waking up in your bed, and it's your dad waking you up, and he's telling you he's got to leave. But before he leaves, he gives you a piece of something called a, or a magi. Mm-hmm. Um, in this world, there are 70, according to legend, there are 77 magi. Um, I believe there's actually one more. I think there's a 78 when you get towards the end of Memory Serves. a lot. Um, but It's a lot. Um, These magi are shattered pieces of the goddess Isis. (laughs) and what essentially happens is your father uh, says he's got to go in a a rush one night gives you a piece of magi and heads out you learn later on that your father is part of some guardian group who's hunting for the magi trying to protect the world Um, so that's the that's the basic storyline and then um, we do need to backtrack a little bit right now because we got to talk about our hero and how you choose your hero Uh, this game is a lot like final fantasy one where you get to choose your party Mm -hmm. um and then right when the game starts before you even see any storyline any plot you have to choose a character and you have um believe it's one two three four five six seven eight characters to choose from um you got a human male a human female which you know good at attacking, no magic. Uh, You have a human male mutant, and that's a human male, excuse me, a male mutant or a female mutant, um, which can use magic, not so great at attacking, pretty standard. Then you got a robot, and then you got a choice between three different monsters. However, you can pretty much choose anyone you want. Um, We'll talk about that in a second. So you choose your character. That's the character that wakes up in the bed and your dad tells you about the Magi, and he gives you a piece of Magi, and then jumps out the window. and then the next day or actually I think it's a few years later you grow up and you're greeted by you're in school and your teacher I believe Mr. S uh, is talking about the Magi and you decide to set off on a quest to go collect all the Magi and he comes with you yes and he comes with you that's a good point Um, but before you leave uh, all your classmates file in and you get to pick three more members of your party and you got the same choices you can duplicate your choices um um, generally, the humans, it doesn't matter if you pick male or female. They're the same type of... Same mm. stats. Uh, they just have different starting weapons. Same thing with the mutants. Doesn't matter who you pick. Uh, same stats. They do have different... Uh, different um, uh, magic they start out with the male mutant starts out with blizzard and i blaine you chose the female, uh, female. yeah what, what, what does she start uh, out with again fire
0: of some kind yeah fire uh, flame yeah okay or something yeah, it hit all the enemies. yeah yes flame hits all the enemies
1: yeah. uh your robot robots um probably the best character i think in yeah, the game I two you pick two yeah, yeah. But
0: you can pick uh, a robot as your main character right yeah, so, basically
1: whoever you want doesn't matter. So that
0: kind of kills the storyline right there because then your dad would be a robot or anyway.
1: Well, well maybe maybe he maybe built. You. He maybe he
0: did. Yeah, built- small wonder, right? Yeah, I remember that <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Okay, continue. <laughs>
1: Um, and then there's the monsters. Um, but just talk more about the robots. The robots, they don't, uh, they don't gain experience. They don't gain levels, which no one really gains levels. We'll talk about that in a second though. But they essentially, whatever equipment you equip to these, that character, the robot, that increases their stats and increases their, uh, health and abilities so it's kind of like you know if you had a robot today you get better parts it's a stronger robot you get weaker parts it's a weaker robot i think it was that thought process really
0: cool and there's also multiple glitches concerning the robots where um you can do various things to permanently increase their stats i didn't actually mess with any of that um because there are some bugs involved and stuff but i thought it was kind of nifty you know and they're all with the robots because the way their system works um For the most part, I believe it was items that, like, kick and punch that would go away if you used them completely. For whatever reason, the stat bonus that they had uh, would remain on the character. And what I mean by use them completely is this is a game where you have uh, weaponry and items that, as you use them, say you buy a gun for whatever your robot and you're attacking, each time you use it, it'll have a number beside it. It'll deplete a little bit, and when it goes to zero, that item goes away, right?
1: that's exactly right that was one drawback yeah. of this game when we first started playing because you, you know all other Final Fantasies you get a sword you go hog wild with your sword this game yeah. you got 50 uses with your sword Which,
0: yeah it's more realistic but it's so annoying it's kind of like a weight system on say Skyrim or something it's like okay I get that my character can't just carry everything in the world but come on you know it's like i you know or Earthbound is another fine example that has just like such a tiny inventory system and you're like I just want to carry everything but it won't let you and it's, it's just a minor annoyance but it, you know, it was an annoyance
1: no you're absolutely right and um, you know robots they're unique because if you uh, equip like a sword that has 50 uses it cuts it in half yeah. so you only get 25 uses which is which sucks but the cool thing about robots is if you like if you go to an inn and you stay at the inn, it'll replenish that tw- that you know whatever however many you use mm-hmm. back up to 25 I guess it's like instead of robots having to sleep I guess the intaker would like repair the robot is the thought process there so it would repair all of his parts bringing them back up to what they man. were however every other character the humans and the mutants you use a sword you used it once you can never get that yeah. back so you go and there's plenty of weapons where you'll weird, start man. out at 50 and go all the way down to zero and you're like oh god what do I do next yeah. gotta get another and weapon
0: no way to fix it at all I mean that same innkeeper or whoever is fixing it couldn't they just fix your sword as well but no, they can't. You have to buy a new one. No,
1: they can't. Freaking annoying. The good thing is you get weapons all throughout the yeah. game. Uh, you know, in, in dungeons and whatnot. It is kind of expensive. When I was yeah. playing through it again recently, I, I found myself hurting for money a, a lot. lot. So
0: yeah, yeah. I, so, I had two robots, which made it a little better. But if I were to play through again, I think I might go for robots. <laughs> I don't know. Try
1: it out. Uh, it'd be hard till the end. once you got to the end, you'd be you'd be cake. But uh, it'd be a little tough in the beginning because it's so expensive. It's so expensive. Nah. They all need all the
0: weapons. Yeah, but the robots because they replenish, you know, their weapons like that. It's like I was really leaning on the robots hard. Once I got the, I think it's called an SMG. It's like a looks like a semi-automatic weapon or something. To both my robots, mm-hmm. they were. Killing, you know, even the boss, the Ashura, the last boss, I believe I fought. Uh, they blew through him in like three hits. You know, it was just like boom, there boom, boom, and I was like, okay, I'm pretty OP. So, um, and you are able to buy weaponry in uh, like Giant's Town and a couple other places in the game. That is yeah. wildly expensive, uh, but it's so far past where you are that if you just like grind it out in, in an area and get enough money together, then you can buy stuff that'll make you OP for that area. You know, it is that type of game. Um, unfortunately, absolutely, the level up system is uh, completely different than your average Final Fantasy game, and I'll let you explain that.
1: Well, there really is nothing to explain. It's it's totally random. Exactly. There's no like status screen where you could go in and see how much xp you have to gain a level it's just randomly your humans and mutants will just gain hp and they'll gain strength and they'll gain you know random things after each battle not each battle just some right. battle so it's it's really hard to like go out and grind and like get your levels up because you just don't know when and how and where it's
0: going to happen. It is random, but if I can just make a minor point, it does de- it is dependent on what you do. If uh, if say you're defending with your human male right? Uh, it, You won't get anything except possibly an HP bonus for getting hit because it's to get that HP bonus it's dependent on you getting hit. Um, if you're attacking you might get a strength bonus because when you attack it gives you the opportunity to possibly get that randomizer where you'll get an attack bonus and so on and so forth with uh, the mutant as well. If you're using magic you have a potential to get a random MP bonus but it is completely random other than that.
1: I agree yeah I, and I like the fact that you know if you use something you sh- you're you know, in real life, if you use like just your sword, you get better at your sword, exactly, so you should yeah. level up with your sword, but they should give you an indication of where you are. or what Exactly, you to do yeah. To get, like, yeah, maybe a
0: bar of 1 through 50 or something, and each time you use your sword, it goes up a tick, or maybe two ticks, if it's a particularly good blow, or yeah. whatever, and then you're watching, and when it goes high to a point, and it's like, you know, and you gain a level. Because the randomness of it makes grinding ridiculous. You know, I, I would grind for an hour and I'd be walking in my little circle and get virtually nothing and then you know I'd put it down pick it back up the next day walk outside of the inn get into a battle get something with a character and then the very next battle get something with that same character and you're just really you know
1: yeah not to mention if you play with just humans and mutants like a big part of the game is leveling them up like not like the robot where you get to you can you have more control it's like you got to go out there and just literally randomly be walking in uh, a lot of circles yes my god but the good thing good and bad thing about this game is the
0: encounter rate
1: (laughs) is ungodly
0: high pretty up there it's uh Gosh, I'm trying to think like original Final Fantasy, original Dragon Warrior, they had this problem too where yeah, you can get out of a battle, take a step, get into a battle. It's it's pretty yeah. egregious. Um I and s- Oh, go ahead.
1: I was saying and then you, to just to remind our audience, you have a limited supply of weapons. Yeah. So if you fight all these battles, you're going to deplete uh, or excuse deplete, mm-hmm. not yeah. deplete your, um, you know your your arms. Right. So it's like you're getting boned on both sides of it. It's hard. So you have to run away. It's the only Final Fantasy I've ever played where it's like yeah. you're gonna run away from like half your battles just because you don't have the equipment to fight them. And
0: I didn't have any problem running away. I never had anyone except for bosses stop me. But I watched a couple of Let's Plays to refresh my memory a bit and one of them the guy was saying that uh if you run away um they would often stop you and i probably ran away from i don't know 150 200 battles and no one ever stopped me outside of bosses so i don't know if he didn't actually play the game or what was going on there but uh or maybe i just had a lucky experience and that my guys always managed to get away but yeah it wasn't it wasn't so bad for me i always managed to get out of there and there's there's yeah. no detriment to it like in a Final Fantasy IV where you lose gold or or anything you just mm-hmm. you get out of there and you just go on about your day which was kind of nice because I would pick and choose the battles I fought you know once you uh, fight an enemy once you kind of get an idea of whether or not it's something you can beat easily and um, if it wasn't you know or if, it, or if it was something that was hard that didn't give me a you know uh, or gave me a, a, a uh, yeah, what's the word i'm looking for uh something that caused me to waste a lot of time uh i just i wouldn't do it if i got a battle and it was a you know three groups of a bunch of relatively hard monsters nope but then i get in the next battle and it's like one guy well, yeah i'll take the time and beat this guy up because you get the same random chance of leveling whatever it is no matter you know no matter if you're fighting nine dudes or one so i would just always fight the one
1: that's another thing to point out since you brought it up we might as well talk about sure. it kind of how the battle looks. Um, I don't know if you've played like well the audience I have to played to Earthbound or like Fantasy Star, where you see your your enemies, Dragon, um, Warrior. Dragon Warrior. Yeah, you see your enemies. Um, there could be three sprites at a time on the screen mm-hmm. total. However, that doesn't mean there's only three enemies because you could have groups of enemies. So you just see one imp. Yeah, and then you look in the bottom left hand corner and it says imp and a little number says seven. That means there's seven imps yeah. in front That's of you.
0: Ridiculous.
1: Um, so you could have up to like 15, I think I've had like 18 was my highest once, and I was like how do they expect you to kill these many guys? And that's where you have to know your weapons, because some weapons target one individual enemy, some weapons target everybody on the screen, and then other weapons target like one group, so if there's just like 7 imps, it's just one character, usually guns would like target all 7 of them, so you know you have like your robot target all 7 of those guys take out that entire group, and then your other guys can start are working
0: on the other people. But, yeah, get a little nutty. Yeah, same, same being true for magic. Uh, you really have to kind of memorize which magics uh, deal, like, all damage. Like I told you, I started with a spell called Flame that would deal damage to all, and then... Um, other spells would only deal damage to, like, a group or a singleton or whatever. And the thing about Magic 2, uh, while we're on the subject, this was probably the most egregious, most annoying thing about the game to me, is you have four slots. And as you randomly learn spells, you'll randomly forget whatever is in that last slot, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah this is a big problem. So big problem you can
0: switch them up and move things around, but if you have four good spells, which at one point I did uh, randomly. I don't even remember what they were. I believe it was Flame, Blizzard, Cure, and Earthquake or something of that nature. And Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to get rid of any of them. So it's kind of a catch-22. It's like I have to use my magic because it's good magic, but if I use it, then I might get the randomizer to get something to replace that last slot. So you have to kind of decide, okay, what is my least favorite of these? And you put it in the bottom and then it gets replaced by something you like even less. Uh, or occasionally, you know, something better, but in my case, it was something I liked a lot less, and I was like, man, this is garbage, you know? <clears throat>
1: It could have been solved easily with, like, hey, this mutant wants to learn this spell. Do you want to learn this spell and replace it with... And you've got to replace one exactly. of your other spells. Just say, no, I don't want to learn that spell. I'm, I'm cool with my, you know, four spells. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that that would have been the easy solution, but they uh, they missed well, the boat on that you one. You know,
0: this is so, this is a very old game. I mean, I was 11 when this came out, so... They were still learning, and it's a Game Boy game. So, what is in it is surprising. You know, the amount of detail graphically, musically, is incredible that it's coming out of, you know, the original brick that we know as Game Boy. So, we have problems, or I have problems with it. It's hard to go back to it, certainly. But if I had had this when I was an 11 year old kid, it would have been that game for me as well, James. I could see me not putting this down. You know, this would have been on every car ride, um, every basketball game. Game, every everything I'd go to as a child, this would have been in my back pocket.
1: Yeah, and it was for me. Um I grew up with the Sega, but my neighbors had the Super Nintendo. I remember going over there and I saw them playing Final Fantasy, you know, two mm-hmm. slash four, and I was just like, Oh my god, this is the path. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And then I go back, look at my Sega, and I'm just like yelling at it, like, why don't you have Final Fantasy? Yeah. And I remember my my dad took me to like I was I was bummed out for like a week. And my dad took me Like Sears, and I was like just studying all the 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 Genesis games. couldn't Couldn't find Final Fantasy. Couldn't find anything really like it. And then as I was like leaving, I just like glimpsed and saw. You know, on the Game Boy side, like Final Fantasy Legend 2. And I know on an earlier show, Blaine, you mentioned your your belief system, but if there is a reason to believe in God, <laughs> this was it for me. <laughs>
0: At that time, I did, but... Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, but I was like, are you kidding? Final Fantasy, and I saw the number two, I'm like, this is it, this is the game! And, um, you know, we weren't a very well-off family either, but this was like one case. I, there, was, there was two cases my entire life. My dad, like, bought me a game when it wasn't related to a holiday mm. or a birthday. And this is one of the incidents that he saw. I was upset. And he's like, fine, here. This will shut you up for a couple of weeks. He's like, let me get you this. And it shut me up, all right. and shut me up for about 10 years. So it was a good move on his part because he had a lot of good car rides from then on out. That's a good dad. (laughs) Very silent. Uh, It it was rare. This was this game. And I remember... um, uh, Zelda Link to the Past, the game you mentioned earlier. Was the other game where like on a whim, he's like, All right, you've been a good kid lately. Or it was it was I, I did something right. You know, I haven't been able to figure out what it is or I, I would have kept doing it. Yeah. But uh those are the two times where you know you got games out of nowhere. Yeah,
0: that didn't really happen for me. Uh I would get games like it was always a big deal. I like Christmas or um uh, my birthday, maybe, which are in the same month, yeah. so oftentimes, oh. yeah, oftentimes I would get a joint gift, you know, this is for Christmas and your birthday, or if you want this, it's gonna have to count for both kind of thing if it was an expensive item like a Nintendo game. So, you know, growing up, yeah. I had four or five Nintendo games and that was it. Uh, then when I was, yeah, uh, 13, Um, I got my first real job. I worked a little bit in my parents' store that they had briefly when I was younger than that, but I didn't make any money. Um, it was just, you know, Mm -hmm. pro bono, I'm your son, I do some work for you kind of thing. Um, but I got a job sacking groceries and I would spend a lot of my money buying games. I mentioned Chrono Trigger and, uh, I can't even remember all that. Basically all my budget went to buying games when I was a kid because I, I had this, Three teenage years where I virtually had nothing that, you know, three or four Nintendo games the entirety of my childhood. And so when I was able to make money for myself, uh, basically all the expendable money I had uh, went towards buying games and I basically haven't stopped that um, <laughs> in however many. Why me, would no. you? Uh, because I'm literally <laughs> running out of room at this point. Uh, uh-uh. I don't have any pictures of uh, my game room currently on Instagram or anything but if I did you'd be like wow where do you even sit because currently I'm sitting in the middle of the room and it, yeah it's just ridiculous I'm surrounded on all sides by gaming.
1: Let's uh, we haven't t- about monsters yet the
0: other group oh right
1: Uh, you get to choose between originally a slime I think a baby dragon and an imp and it doesn't matter who you choose. I mean, they, they all have different abilities, yeah. but this game, like, after randomly after certain battles, you'll be presented with this monster's meat. You know, whatever monster you just fought's delicious. meat. Delicious. And if you, if you, yes, delicious. If you feed it to your monster, it'll turn into a different monster. Doesn't mean it's going to turn into that monster, it'll just turn into a new monster or. Anim- Creature, and then you have new abilities. And I'll tell you this: these creatures, for the first about half the game, you basically are only playing with the other three characters because you never find anything good. Yeah. Um, about halfway through, you find something that'll it'll work. Uh, it does. The monsters do get stronger and better towards the end of the game, and you start to find something that you can actually use. But right. man, for the I, I just replayed it with a monster. And God, for the first, like I said, at least half the game, I'm just like cycling through different things, just trying to find something that. Well, at least, you know, they have a cure spell that can at least cure me during, you know, certain times. Wow. But the damage, they didn't do much. So I don't recommend using one um, if it's your first time playing through. I think the best party playing through, uh, it, they recommend, I've never actually played it through this way, but they recommend two mutants and two robots is like the fastest way to beat the game. I can see that. I always have a, I always have a human in there, human, mutant, and two. Ch- Two robots, but, um, I like,
0: yeah, whatever. I like the human, but I, I could definitely see replacing him with another mutant just because, yeah, know, they can cure and so on and so forth. Um, And the humans really are a one-trick pony. They basically just, you know, swing away, so...
1: Yeah, that's it. And like I said, uh, we've said that, you know, there's only a finite amount of times that humans can swing. They can't replenish, so you're going to have to be giving them new weapons until you get the sword Excalibur at the end of the game. That's the only weapon in the game that can be used an infinite amount of times. They give it to you at the very last... or one of the very last dungeons.
0: Well, it's pretty commonplace for a Final Fantasy title, so... No, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, now, you do You get your four characters, and like uh, you alluded to before, uh, you can have a fifth character with you
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at certain parts of the game. Uh, the first one is Mr. S. He helps guide you through uh, this cave right outside your village and that leads you into, like, the open world for this uh, level, we'll call it for now. Um,
0: Pro tip, Um, you should probably walk around with him for as long as you can stand, because he makes it almost impossible to die, and you might as well level with him in your party, as as opposed to without.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say that. That's a very smart thing to do, because um, he attacks first, Mm -hmm. he has magic that'll take out an entire enemy group, Um, so yeah, you'd want to stick around with him, use him for all he's worth, because right when you get out of that cave, he says, alright, you're on your own take it easy and then he's like you do as a teacher you're You're
0: a teacher and you often leave kids on the outside of caves i'm sure
1: absolutely (laughs) oh yeah outside of caves outside of alleys anything Uh, (laughs) but yeah so and then there's i don't know like seven or eight others you get throughout the the game at different at different stage different levels we'll call it for right now we'll kind of get into that um the purpose of the game after you've uh, got made it through that cave is essentially you have to find all the Magi. You're looking for all 77 pieces. Uh, the Magi that your father gave you before he leaves is a Magi called Prism. And if you use Prism, it'll tell you how much Magi is left on your level. And uh, once you've collected all the Magi, uh, usually, you know, there's, there'll be a cave here, a volcano there, a castle here. And it's pretty obvious where you need to go. Once you go to those places, you, collect, you fight a boss or a mini-boss, you open some treasure chests, you get Magi. And then you go to this, like, beanstalk-looking thing. And you go up this beanstalk, and there'll be a door. And if you don't have the appropriate amount of Magi, you can't open the door. If you do, you go in, and then you're in this, like, crystal palace-looking thing. And you walk around to the next beanstalk, and the beanstalk will take you down to the next world. And once you go down, then you're in a new world or a new level. Yep. And you use your prism. You see how much magi you need to get in that area. And then you set off into that world, and you find the magi of that world.
0: Yep. And there's a lot of traveling between worlds. Um. And some pretty interesting stuff. There was a world of giants, kind of final, not final fantasy, uh, Super Mario 3 style where everything is just huge. And it was pretty nifty the way they handled that. And, yeah. um, yeah, I-, I thought it was really cool. There was a lot of diversity between the worlds themselves. And, uh, like I said, you travel back and forth between these using the beanstalk method a lot to, uh, different story ends and what have you. So it's pretty, pretty nifty and, uh, And big forward thinking for a Game Boy game, you wouldn't expect something quite this big uh, out of, you know, the old brick, but here you have it, so.
1: Yeah, like you say, each world's totally different, each world's got its own little story, there's a desert world, Uh, there's a world where there's this big, beautiful city, and the the, uh, leader of the city decides to cast out anyone that's uh, deformed or has any problems with them, so there's like another little village outside the city, Uh, there's a racing village where you go there and you participate in a big a big uh, race cool um there's a there's like a samurai village world uh many different types of diff- different worlds and yeah like you said it's it's very unique and it, it does does add a little bit to the story i think this, the strength of this game is
0: i think it's music is probably number
1: one it has really good music we should we need to play some music in this game
0: uh throughout this episode. yeah I'll, I'll pepper some in here and there right here probably One of the cool things you can do with the music too is at any given town there's always a jukebox in the bar and you can pay one gill to play whatever song from the game that you want and then that music will play on the overhead map for a while as well, for a good while actually so uh, you can change yeah. the music you're listening to while battling and there's some pretty good tunes in there for uh for the GBA especially. Uh, you do have to remember we, we typically think of it having an inferior everything when it comes to the original Nintendo. It actually had a superior sound chip so it's able to do things that the nintendo couldn't which you know it's like wow i didn't realize that but someone told me that in the music biz that actually used um, original game boys to compose music which i I guess is a thing and i was like oh that's interesting so yeah it really uh it took that to full effect and you you really do hear some pretty great tunes
1: yeah, so yeah, music's probably the, the number one thing, and then uh, I think the storyline of this game is pretty good. For a Game Boy, for the limited you know memory they have, it does have a really good and unique story that you wouldn't see in any other um, Final Fantasy. Uh, gameplay itself will kind of give you a headache and just how yeah. things... Well, the actual controls are fine, but it's just, you know... Yeah, everything, fe- like everything feels tight. Um,
0: it, it's not like a mm-hmm. bad system in, in, in that regard. And nothing feels floaty or weird or anything like that. I, it's, it's just all about, you know, this could have been done a little better, or that could have been done differently. Or, yeah, and it's, mm-hmm. a lot of that comes from memory problems with the game itself, I believe. So, it, it, it is what it is. You know, the whole four-spell force system that we're complaining about, it's largely due to memory. And I'm sure they were really pushing everything to its limit to be able to do what they did anyway, so
1: yeah now uh, we should talk a little bit about magi and how that system I think is uh, a little broken okay uh, you get to, like we said you get to collect 77 pieces of magi um, I think there's only about 12 unique types of magi you get like fire ice power speed but you get like 10 of each of those yeah uh, there are some unique ones like prism or this one called Pegasus which allows you to warp to any uh, world you've previously been to uh, there's Aegis which gives you a shield I think there's mass immune, which gives you um, a like one swing of a sword. Uh, there's true eye, which gives, allows you to see light in a cave. Um, there's one called heart, which revives all party members if you die in battle. Some of these you can actually equip to your character and actually use. Um, there's others you can equip to your character, but I just don't feel like it actually it does anything. anything. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to, like, if you equip the fire one, you're supposed to be immune from fire.
0: Maybe not. Yeah, I
1: think it kind of works. Yeah, kind of. I did read that they, they reversed two of them. I think, like, Ice and Thunder or something like that was reversed. So if you have the Thunder one equipped, uh, you're immune from Ice, if you have the ice one equipped, you're immune from thunder or something. Some if you equip the speed one, it increases your agility in battle. But I don't feel it does anything. I didn't notice like,
0: any I, difference whatsoever.
1: Neither did I. Like I, I read about this recently just because I was like, was I playing this wrong the last like you know 20 yeah. years? And I read, no, not really. It, it says it's, it's a very subtle, if any, difference. So,
0: I mean, yeah, there's I equipped there's it not much. because you can, and assumably it was okay. doing something, but I noticed zero difference. I even I sent you a text while we were playing and it, was, does this do anything? And you said, No, I don't think it does. There's a few in the end that do. And yeah, yeah, evidently they all do, but I don't think they do. I think they're wrong on that front.
1: Uh yeah, it they this is another part the game should have, you know, emphasized. Which is which uh, we talked about this earlier. I I I my theory, this is just a theory of mine. That the people who created Final Fantasy VII played this game, saw the Magi system, and were like, okay, I see it. Now we're going to make it better. We're going to correct it and turn it into what we have now, Materia. Yeah. We're like, you, you correct, you collect these little magic shards, you can equip these little magic shards, and they actually do something.
0: Yeah, it's, it is similar, it's for sure, and it could have been the inspiration for Materia, but we'll never know. We'll never yeah. know. But. Oh, okay, that's that's uh, is that about it, or
1: that's it? I mean, yeah, I don't know if we need to go through each of the levels or anything like no. that. They're all pretty unique. Uh, they're, they're, there's one where you to go inside a girl, uh, inside this lady yeah. that helped you out earlier, and you're trying to rid her of these viruses. That's a notable one. But uh,
0: other than that, yeah. um I did do that one, uh, Kai's body. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. she does join you at one point for a little while too. Um, it was interesting if you look at the map. Um, itself like you're in the dungeon you can't really tell but if you look at the map it is shaped like a person's body which is interesting yeah so that was kind of cool um but yeah the, the each level is pretty short and sweet there's really not a lot like i i played all the way through uh the first boss ashura or the first major boss i guess um And a lot of it just doesn't stand out in my head. You know, I don't remember a lot of it.
1: Yeah. Um, One thing we should mention, if you die in this game, uh, there's this guy called Odin that you, like, get summoned to his castle. Yeah. Or his world, and or his palace, and he'll allow you to fight again, basically to restart the battle again. So it'll, you know, if you because you're gonna die a lot. So when you die, you can just restart. And if you die and have to restart, I'd recommend just running away and saving it immediately because you've gotten into something you shouldn't have been getting into. Apparently,
0: yeah. But uh,
1: there's that you have to actually fight him later on though, and then once you fight him, uh, you get past him. If you die, you're dead. You have to, you know, restart from the beginning. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's really. I mean, I'm trying to think of anything else we need to talk about in the game. It's 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 not terrible. <laughs> I guess uh, we need to get to the part of is it actually worth it?
0: Well, the the thing is with this game is unlike most of the games we talk about on the show, it's actually um, really really cheap to get a hold of. You're not going to spend a lot of money on this game. In fact, uh, you purchased this game and sent it to me and I think you spent $13 if I remember right, somewhere in that yeah. neighborhood. So, yeah. if you have a Game Boy, this is a pretty good game. You're going to get at least a couple hours out of it and it might grab you like it did James and you might get several you know, tens of hours out of it. Um, it's not one that I was able to really go back to. Uh, I am in a time in my life where my free time is very, very, very precious to me. And I was playing this game a lot at, at work on breaks and things like that, trying to get in there but um, and get some time in playing it but uh, it it was hard for me to stay focused on it because the story wasn't grabbing me like a modern story was and the graphics and the system and, and it just became more and more tedious for me to be able to play it but if I was one of these people that you know a college kid or a literal kid that just had infinite free time yeah, I'd be able to play this game through in probably a couple days, but uh, unfortunately where I'm at in my life right now, uh, RPGs are something I have to play over the course of a month, um, even if they are a short one like this. so
1: I would say if if you loved Final Fantasy one through six, or if you started playing Final Fantasy around that era, you'd probably really like this game. If you if you started at seven or past seven, yeah, there'd be a lot of things you'd be like, "What is this? Well, how? Why are you know we're going back in time here?" But no, it's 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 okay. It's
0: not bad. It, it's I'm definitely glad that it's in my collection now. I have a relatively small Game Boy collection, largely due to mm-hmm. the fact that I, there's a lot of shovelware for the Game Boy. Just a lot. It's one of the you know, it was one of the longest lived systems ever. I think it came out in like eighty eight or something here in the States. I'm I'm not sure of that number, but it didn't stop production until like ninety four or five, so <coughs> Oh
1: my god. Yeah. Excuse me. It's There are some bugs in the game I will warn people about. I got stuck on one. Uh, There's this, like, it's called the trash can bug, where you can double-click your trash can, and then you select a character, and you select your character. It gives you like an agility boost. But apparently, I didn't know this when I was playing it in the past, but I got burned on it, you know, now, as a 30-year-old. When you give your character agility, it, like, decreases or increases your magi, and what ended up happening with me is I had, like, 60 magi, and then all of a sudden I had 36 magi and like we talked about earlier if you go up that beanstalk you can only go through a door if you have the appropriate amount of magi well since i use this bug or this glitch the game thinks i only have 36 magi and i can no longer progress to the next stage so my game was for nothing so i cried for a few days and i actually bought this game um I bought the the Japanese version, Saga Two, uh, Goddess of Destiny. It's it's getting shipped to me right now. It's all in Japanese, but I've found some potential ways to translate it, so I'm going to try it out there. I was hoping to get it before uh, we recorded, just so I can kind of give the audience a little taste of what the uh, the remake of this game, the 3D DS remake, looks like. Yeah. But uh, didn't get a chance to, so maybe in our next recording, I'll just. Give a two minute blur oh, yeah, about yeah. Uh, what, what the what the remake looks like. It's supposed to be the exact same game, just totally new graphics, totally new style. So now,
0: I don't know. Have You played the Saga games for the PlayStation? I I
1: think I have. Um, I've been getting two games confused, but I think I have. I don't know. Tell me about them. Maybe it'll light up my memory. I mean,
0: I honestly, I was hoping you had. I own them. Uh, <laughs> I, I did yeah. start the first one a couple times and it has a similar system where your weaponry degrades and within an hour of playing it, I was like, well, I don't want to play a game where I'm constantly having to buy new weaponry and stuff that's just a little too much realism for me, and I put it down. Uh, graphically, they were beautiful, the music was amazing, but, you know, what are you going to do, you know? Uh, it's, for me, that much, having that much in-depth, you know, like, ugh, systems and stuff is, you No know, Vagrant Story is another one that comes to mind, that uh, I, I want to play it, you know, and I own it, and I want to play it, and one of these days when I'm you know you know dying or something and I have the time to do it I'll I'll play them but uh I, I just don't have enough time in the day to play a game that in depth um even like Skyrim you know I did play that uh and play a lot but it took you know three months to get you know 20 hours in on that game for me and uh yeah, it's just these type of games that are that in-depth just are a thing of the past for me, unfortunately. And I'm sure some of the listeners listening are in the same boat. You know, you have kids, you have a full-time job, you have other hobbies, things you want to be doing with your life. It's kind of hard to play RPGs. It is my favorite format by far, but I find the older I get, the more responsibility that I get, the more apt I am to be into a game that will only take six or eight hours to beat. Um, and I'm finding myself playing those more often than not, so...
1: That and I I use walkthroughs a lot. Like yeah. I don't have I can't afford to like be stuck on a game for more than a couple of minutes. If I'm stuck, I'm like, no, I got you know only get an hour here to play a day, so I gotta look up and see where the hell I'm supposed to go next, or I'm I'm not gonna you know finish this game. For sure.
0: I've, but, I've always been a walkthrough guy, and if if I could show pictures on a podcast, I would. I'm staring right now at my shelf of walkthroughs. I have a I don't know maybe a hundred or a hundred and fifty uh, you know guide books that you would see at Walmart and the like. Like for all these different RPGs, all the Final Fantasies, Dragon Warriors, Rogue Galaxy, I see Skyrim, Legend of Gaia, all that kind of stuff. And um, I I would always use the guides when I was a kid because I, and I I still have this, unfortunately, I have to get, when I play in an RPG, everything. I can't leave behind that one summons that you don't really need or, you know, the the sword that uh, is a one-of, like in, say, Final Fantasy IV, there's a sword you get fairly early on called Ancient and there's nothing special about the sword that I can recall Um, but at the end of every one of my playthroughs I would have the ancient in my inventory along with you know Kane's Gungner which is a one of weapon because if it's the only one in the game that means if I sell it I can never get it back and I have to have everything at the end of the game I'm one of those people that has to have every little thing so I would always get these guides to make sure that uh, that happened.
1: Yeah I'm kind of the same way. I've still chat my ass when I think about Final Fantasy 10 and I missed a summon, oh. some sister summon I was supposed to oh, yeah. get. And I'm still, it's been about 10 years, and I'm still thinking about yeah. that. I gotta, I gotta replay that game so I can get that damn summon that I missed. Final
0: Fantasy 12 <laughs> for me, was the one where I was like, that's it, I'm done. Because uh, <laughs> I'm playing through it, and I'm using the guide, and the guide says at one point there's like There's all these little pieces of stuff you find on enemies. I can't even remember what they are, you know, but they're like little drops that are used for something. But uh, the guide tells you explicitly, it says, um, uh, these type of items are useless until endgame. Until you get to endgame, go ahead and sell them. And I was like, okay, cool. So it was something that I would be, you know, I don't even remember what they were, little MacGuffins that you could use in some kind of crafting or something later in the game. And uh, I would just sell them, right? And uh, then I get about, I don't know, two thirds through the game, and I come to a page that says, I hope you didn't sell the item blah 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 that fell off of blah 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 because without it you won't be able to get the ultimate whatever weapon for so and so or something and I was like that's it and I turned it off and I've never played it again because uh, <laughs> I'd sold it that's I sold it you know, because the fucking guy <laughs> said to sell those type of items it didn't say sell all of them except for this one you know a good writer would put that in but they didn't and there's a much more egregious story that I won't share here because I'm going to be doing uh, an episode with uh, Brent and uh, Nick from the RPG show regarding uh, Breath of Fire 3 that is beyond ridiculous, and maybe I'll tell you off air about it if you're interested, but uh, I'll save that for their show because I did say I explicitly wanted to be on that show to share that one story, which is just, it's mind-boggling what Brady Games did to my life as a kid uh, because of this, but, uh, <laughs> just the worst type of stuff. And then another guy that is famously horrific As far as... um since we're on the subject as far as these guides go, was Final Fantasy IX. Uh, Their guide, you know, I bought the game day of and I bought the guide with it and you would be going through and it would say, um, there may be an item or whatever here that you really want to have. For more information, visit play online and enter the code blah blah blah. So you have to go on your computer, go onto their website, play online, whatever whatever, and then enter this code to be able to read more about whatever it was they were talking about and even then sometimes on their fucking website it would be cryptic as hell they'd be like well did you check over here or something and you'd be like god damn it just tell me specifically where this thing is and what it is I need to do to get it you know and that is for shit <laughs> yeah I still have my guide with printed out what it said off of Play Online at the time uh, with little you know printed documents from their website slid into each slot in case I ever want to replay Final Fantasy 9 and you know obviously now i would just pull up a fact because that that guide is completely useless it's ridiculous how useless it is but um I still paid whatever it was, 11 bucks for it, and basically got a redirect to a website. You know, just egregious. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. That's Final Fantasy Legend 2. (laughs) It is worth it. Sorry for going off the rails. Um, I do want to mention, you and I are in uh, talks, and uh, we're gonna do it, to do a new show. uh, Not on this network, but on the RPG show network. um, And we're tentatively calling it um, Video Games the Movie Podcast. And this is gonna be a podcast where we talk about video games based or not video games movies based off of video games or in relation to a video game like we will be doing at some point uh, movies like scott pilgrim vs. the world or war games that aren't or cloak and dagger that aren't specifically about a video game but they are so entrenched in the video game world or lore uh movies like Ta- tron is another one um that yeah we'll include those and also cartoons at times i believe we'll do like uh captain and the game master maybe mario brothers super show legend of zelda these type of things uh, I'm wanting to do it bi-weekly. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep up with that schedule. We probably will. We don't. We haven't really decided on the first episode yet. I believe you joked that it should be Wing Commander. Um, we may do we should probably do a good movie first I don't, I don't know there, I don't know that there is a good one but it's um, a good point but yeah we'll, we'll figure out what movie that's going to be we're going to get a two or three in the can before uh, we release the show but I want to let you guys know that there is going to be more of James and Blaine doing these uh, type of shows and uh, we'll probably have a lot of guests on that one it'll be a little little easier prep work where all you have to do is watch you know an hour and a half two hour long movie and then talk about how bad it was or whatever and uh, those two shows will probably only be 30 minutes long or, or, or so. Um. But, yeah, so. but they they will be coming up. I think it'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, bad movies I'm uh, wanting to revisit, and there's a lot of them that I had no idea as I was doing research for this. It was like um, Ace Attorney has a movie that's a Japan made movie. Red Faction has a movie. You know, there's Alone in the Dark which I was aware of, but there's an Alone in the Dark two. You know, I, I didn't realize just how many movies there were. You know, Brent made the comment to me. He said that sounds like a great idea for a show, but I don't know how long you could actually do that. I found over 70 movies that I wanted to do for the show without much effort. And even at a bi-weekly pace, that's what, like a year's worth of movies or so, or two years. I don't know, I'm not good at math. You're the teacher. But, uh, it's a <laughs> lot. It's a lot, so, um... And and as I said, we we could delve off into movies that uh, are more tangentially related. Um, you know, that just have a video game in it or themes. Of the Wizard. There's another one um, that I think would be cool. Anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, you can write us, please. We we I didn't get any uh, emails on the SNES show. I thought for sure I would. All right. I just want to interject right here that. Um, at the time of recording, I didn't get an email, but I did get one after um, after we had already recorded the episode, and I decided to interject that here. And I know that James also got an email or two, or I'm not sure what, but unfortunately, due to just a lot of shit in my life, mostly, I wasn't able to get back with him to record. Before this episode was going to air, so I decided, well, I don't want to make anyone that wrote into me feel like I wasn't going to interact with them uh, or read their list or whatever. So I decided I'll just interject here and read this list. Um, This is coming to us from a, a longtime listener named Josh. His top 10, and he states also in no real order, starting with 10 Super Mario RPG. We mentioned that on the show. It didn't make our lists, but it probably should have. Number 9, Super Mario World. Number 8, Final Fantasy 2 slash 4. He said it was also his first. Number 7, a game we didn't discuss at all, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. This is a really great game where you play a kid, you know, fighting, you know, zombies trying to save your neighbors. Uh, I may go more in-depth in, into this game at a later date. It's actually climbing in price. It's a really great game. Number 6, he has Lufia 2. Um, I love the Lufia series. It does suffer from some things that... Um, a lot of older RPGs had, uh, the most egregious being the whole thing, where if you get all your guys attacking one single guy, um, and that dies before the other guys can swing, they just stand there doing nothing as opposed to attacking the next guy in order, if that makes any sense from an RPG standpoint. Um, games like... Uh, golden sun did this although i believe in the golden sun games it would just cause you to go into defense mode rather than attack the next character but still pretty egregious um Still a great game though, um, really great. It was one of the first games I remember that had a game after the ending where you could play in like a, I believe it was a cave or a tower, I can't remember which, and uh, like get all kinds of items and different stuff that uh, you couldn't get in the main game. That was really nifty. Uh, number six or number five, he has Super Castlevania, great game. It made my list. Number four, he has TMNT. Four Turtles in Time, um, I love this game. If you haven't played it, it's basically the same game as Hyperstone Heist or the arcade game if you ever played that in your local arcade. Um, it's a side-scrolling, isometric kind of beat-em-up in which you play as, well, the Ninja Turtles. And they all have a slightly differing abilities, but for the most part, they're, uh, they're all the same. At number three, he has Final Fantasy 3 slash 6. We went over this on the show. It's a great game. At number two, he has Yoshi's Story. Uh, I assume he means, you know, I don't know if Yoshi's Story actually came out on the Super Nintendo or not. I know I have Yoshi's Story, and maybe it is Yoshi's Story 2 for the N64, or he may be talking about um, Super Mario World 2. Uh, in which you play as Yoshi uh, carrying around the baby Mario. But whatever he is talking about, they're all great games. Um, all the Yoshi story and spin offs of that game have this like pastel, almost uh, childlike drawing, drawn quality to them. And it, it was really incredible to see on both the SNES and the N64 later. Um, Beautiful games, beautiful music, pretty much what you expect from Nintendo with their uh, flagship titles. And at number one, he has Chrono Trigger, which, yep, of course he does. And he also says that honorable mentions could be Disney side-scrollers like Aladdin and the Lion King. And he also really dug Earthworm Jim. And he... He also poses a question. He says, A question for you. Looking at my list and listening to you guys today, do you think the Super Nintendo was the definitive RPG machine? Or would that belong to something else like the PlayStation 1? Well, I wrote him back and I gave him my answer, which basically was no answer because I kind of think it could be the Super Nintendo because the Super Nintendo had all my favorite um, RPGs on it. But then again... Most of those appeared on other consoles. Your Final Fantasies, your uh, Ogre Battle, your Chrono Trigger all appeared on the PlayStation One and the PlayStation One at other games like Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, all the Arc the Lab, the two Lunar uh, Complete remakes, um, a lot of great stuff. So maybe it is the PS1. Then again, I really enjoy the, the very small but amazing library for the Sega Saturn in which Panzer Dragon's. Saga and Albert Odyssey and some of these games that don't appear anywhere else or on, or the Sega CD, or, you know, it's a really tough question for me to answer. You know, the PSP is another great RPG machine. Um, So it's one that I'm going to pose to James whenever... um, we do our next episode, which will be about the three Contra games for the original Nintendo. And also here, I want to mention because they weren't, excuse me, up and running before this episode was recorded. This, you know, we record these things a month in advance. So sometimes I'll have to do something like this and update you guys. Um, We do have a Facebook page now. It's very obvious, just Is It Worth It podcast on Facebook, so you can check that out and like it. Um, You know, I'll post whatever it is that's coming up on the next show there, and I'll try and uh, be more diligent about the Twitter page as well. And uh, we also have a website that we're working on that will be retro. Gosh, I believe we have it under retro game core, uh, core spelt like military C O R P S. So, um, yeah, check us out at retro game or maybe it's retro gamer core. Uh, gosh, I wish I had it written in front of me. I know it's one or the other and, um, you can check it out. There we will be eventually right now. They're not up, but we'll be putting all the episodes of, um, is it worth it on there for download it so that, you know, you can get them whenever and they won't be erased from an RS feed, uh, Also, I really want to mention here that um, James has recently been on a couple episodes of the podcast Playing With Power. Now, this is a podcast where the guys discuss, um, well, Nintendo Power. And each episode, they go in-depth on an issue of Nintendo Power. They're up to like... 26, 27, something like that. They're they're getting pretty up there in the issues. And James did a couple of episodes with them. And most recently, yours truly did an episode with Mike from Playing With Power. So definitely check out their channel and uh, listen to that. And at some later date, we may have Mike come on and do a, uh, oh, either this show or the new video games and movie podcast that we're working on, something like that. Or one of the other members of uh, the podcast. They're all great guys based out of Canada there so don't hold that against them but no but really they're really great guys it's a good podcast check them out um that's about it back to the show proper uh let us know how we're doing you can write me at Simmon belmont that's Simmon with an e not an o s-i-m-e-n belmont at hotmail.com um you can check me out on Twitter at RetroKel that's K-H-E-L James where can we find you?
1: I am at goodbuddyjames at gmail.com and just to give uh, any of our listeners a heads up if you listen to this show uh, before San Diego's Comic Con I'm going to be at San Diego Comic Con so if you're in and around the San Diego area and if you want to have a drink or something feel free give me an email goodbuddyjames at
0: gmail.com oh, cool yeah I wish I I was in the area and could go to San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. They often have uh, these magic cards that you can like stand in line for a hundred years to get that are worth like infinite money. And I would do that probably. I've not, I wouldn't ask you to do that because like literally the stories I got were from people that went that I know where yeah, I was standing in line for 13 hours to get in another line. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's nope, not for me, but I understand why they're worth so much and they're really cool. Anyway, um yeah, that's about it. And yeah, uh, Gosh, seems like there was something else I wanted to talk about, and I'm just completely blanking. But whatever it was, I'm sure we'll catch up on the next show. Until then, we'll see you next time.
1: See you later, everybody.